This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Prime Spark, the podcast that brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. The second women's revolution is here, and it is time for us to fuel a spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Now, here is your host for Prime Spark, Sarah Hart. Hi, and welcome to Prime Spark. I'm Sarah Hart, and I'm so happy you're here with us today. Prime Spark is designed for women over 55 or close, with a goal to help us all live our happiest, most fulfilling, and productive lives now and in the future. The mission of Prime Spark is to change the way our society sees and treats older women. That's a big mission, which only means we all need to be involved and we need to get going now. And today I have the great pleasure of talking with Bonnie Marcus, a woman whose work I greatly admire. Award-winning entrepreneur, Ford's contributing writer and executive coach, Bonnie Marcus, MED, assists professional women to successfully navigate the workplace and position and promote themselves to advance their careers. With 20 plus years of sales and management experience, Bonnie's extensive business background includes CEO of a service master company and VP of sales at Medical Staffing Network and two other national companies in the healthcare and software industries. She has held executive positions in startup companies and Fortune 500 companies. Bonnie started her corporate career at an entry-level position and worked her way up to the top of a national company. Her passion is now to help other women embrace their talent and ambition and step into their full potential and workplace power. Bonnie shares her message globally through speaking engagements, live and virtual workshops, blogging, and her popular podcast, Badass Women at Any Age. Bonnie's book, The Politics of Promotion, How High Achieving Women Get Ahead and Stay Ahead, provides a roadmap for women to navigate the complexities of the workplace and position themselves for success. Her second book, Not Done Yet, How Women Over 50 Regain Their Confidence and Claim Their Workplace Power, shines a light on gendered ageism in the workplace and gives women the tools and the voice to defy ageist assumptions, to stay marketable, and to keep their jobs. A certified coach, Bonnie has been honored by Global Gurus as one of the world's top 30 coaches in 2015 through 2021. She has been acknowledged as one of the top 100 keynote speakers in 2018 by DataBird Research Journal. Bonnie received a BA from Connecticut College and an MED from New York University. Welcome, Bonnie. I'm so happy you're here today. Thanks, Sarah. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure. 
So just to get started, let me ask you, do you experience getting older? And if you do, what is that experience? And if not, why do you think it is that you don't? Well, of course, we're all experiencing aging in some fashion, right? Um, And it's a blessing because when you look at what the alternative is, I'm grateful every day that I am, I'm getting older. But since I wrote the book, Not Done Yet, I have come to realize how my own bias about getting older as a woman has affected me. And it's really given me um, a sensitivity to those ageist assumptions that I was making um, about myself, you know, saying to myself, well, you know, maybe you're too old to do this now, or you're, you're, um, you know, you're not young enough to run a half marathon, or you don't have it in you to do X, Y, Z. Um, And as I started writing the book, Sarah, I realized we all have these ageist assumptions. We, it's so ingrained in our society that it's just so natural to, to internalize them. But I know since writing the book um, for myself, I am now aware of that and certainly um, how those ageist assumptions hold me back from living my life fully. And now that I'm aware of it, I can say to myself, what? <laughs> That's not necessarily true. Come on. That's interesting, Bonnie. I wanted, of all the things in your uh, not done yet book that I really loved reading about was your discussion of how damaging it is when we take those ageist sexist stereotypes and apply them to ourselves. And then that's the way we see ourselves. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's, uh, I think that's the first place to start. Because if we're really going to end ageism and gendered ageism in particular, it really starts with ourselves and having conversations with ourselves and then building awareness with other people that we may be having conversations with who uh, don't realize that some of what they say or some of their jokes and comments might be ageist. And I think it's really healthy to be able to let people know how those comments and jokes make you feel and that, in fact, they are ageist. Because I don't think people are malicious when they say things like that. Well, I mean, in some cases they are. But, um, you know, shining a light on it, putting up a mirror and letting them know that it is ageist and and, um, how it makes you feel is important. I think that many of us for a long time have no longer abided sexist comments. But it is interesting to me how for so many people, ageist comments still seem to be, well, I don't know if they know if it's okay. It's it's transparent. You know, it's just we don't register it. So I've done, um, obviously, I did a lot of interviews for the book, not done yet. And then I followed it up with um, some research where I surveyed 729 professional women from the ages of 
18 through 70 plus, asking them about their experiences with gendered ageism in the workplace. And what's really interesting is that um, 80% of the women experience it, 77% of those under 35, and then 88%, uh, you know, 59 to 64 years old. But we don't talk about it. And similar to um, the way women experienced sexual harassment or abuse comments before the Me Too movement, I find that women over 45, 50 who are experiencing gendered ageism are suffering in silence as well. So before Me Too, we were afraid to talk about our experiences. There wasn't a safe environment to do so. And we didn't have a legal backing, really. And so now a lot of the women who are experiencing it don't want to bring attention to their age. They fear the repercussions of losing their jobs if they bring it up. And then out of the um, the 729 women, you know, out of the women who experienced it, um, only 11 percent actually um, said anything to their managers or their HR representative. And the reasons cited were, of course, um, you know, they were fearful for losing their jobs, but they were so dissatisfied if they had those conversations. So we're not even trained in the workplace as managers to handle these kinds of conversations. As I listen to you talk about that, one of the things that strikes me that is interesting is I think when the um, women's movement in like the 60s, 70s, early 80s, that at the very beginning of that, women weren't aware of the um, sexism that was their life. And, and what you're saying is- Yeah, we didn't define it as such. It right. was part of life. It was part of life. But, it, but what I'm hearing you say that the women in the workplace, they, they feel the, the, uh, gendered sec, the gendered ageist comments, but they don't say anything. So that's a difference. So what do we do? <laughs> we, have to, we have to fight it. We have to build more awareness around this issue and have these conversations, even though they may be uncomfortable. But I want to highlight this as a diversity, equity, inclusion issue that needs to be included and recognized in companies initiatives. It needs to be included in unconscious bias training. Um, and, and it, it, you know, it's not just women who suffer from ageism, of course, but because of the emphasis on our looks and, uh, and youth, beauty and youth in our society, we face gendered ageism much earlier than our male counterparts. Um, so as we age, there's even more of an unlevel playing field than when we first entered the workplace. And, you know, that that pisses me off. The injustice of it kind of gets to me. But we need to have these conversations. Um, and for my part, I'm doing these podcasts. I'm writing. 
working. Um, I write a lot about it on my Forbes column and in other outlets um, to bring more awareness to it. I think that um, the recognition of ageism is right on the horizon. It's um, not quite here yet, but it's right there. Do you do you agree with that or do you think I'm not I seeing do, it? Because I just read uh, McKinsey report on ageism and, uh, you know, it's like the big guns now are recognizing the economic effects of it. Um, and in my research, I definitely saw that gendered ageism affects women's um, job security and their finances, because many of the women that I interviewed uh, in their 50s and 60s did not have enough money to retire. They needed and wanted to keep working. But when I asked them, well, what do you think your chances are of continuing to work? They, they rated it fair to poor because their company doesn't value older workers. So we really, on our part, we need to stay vigilant and we need to do what it takes to stay marketable and keep our jobs and understand that ageism is a factor. Um, and we need to be vigilant our whole careers. Um, and I, I think that we need to bring more awareness to companies that this needs to be addressed in, in their DEI initiative. I recently heard somebody talking about, um, from, a, from a, a negative perspective, at some point companies are gonna realize that they have to retain older workers because they can't find workers. So and I recently wrote, wrote an op-ed for Business Insider that about this great resignation and how there's such a low employment rate and companies are saying, you know, they can't find qualified workers. And yet there's this pool of talented, qualified women, 50 and beyond, who want and need to work. And if they fixed their gendered ageism issue, they would fix their unemployment issue. <laughs> Do you think that um, that that the uh, pandemic had an impact an impact on this, especially for women in the workplace? Oh, it had a tremendous impact. Yeah, um, I mean, there are more women who left uh, the workforce than men, um, mostly because of caregiving responsibilities and not being able to juggle their job. Um, and their domestic uh, responsibilities. So uh, now what's really interesting is that women who might've been pushed out in the older demographic, um, uh, it's so much more difficult to get rehired. Yes. And it, you know, the chances for a woman um, you know, over 60 to get rehired dropped like 50% as a, a compared to a woman who's 34. Wow. And it takes much longer to get rehired. And, and uh, probably not at the same level she left. Probably not at a comparable salary. Right. Yeah. Right. Depending on how long uh, she was out of, out of the workforce. Yeah. Right. 
your first book you published in 2015. Um, aside from the gendered ageism issue or including it, what Changes, if any, have you seen for women in the workplace since then? Well, I would say that the Me Too movement had a significant impact on on the workplace. Um, And, you know, I was just reading an article uh, earlier today about the backlash from Me Too. So we you know, the unlevel playing field existed for, for women from the start of, of their careers. Uh, we're not paid equally. Um, we don't have the same opportunities for sponsorship um, and networking into some of the power networks that um, would open up opportunities for us and for advancement. And um, if there's a the backlash for Me Too and men don't want to sponsor or work with, especially younger, ambitious women, then that's definitely a disadvantage. That similarity bias existed before Me Too, but from what I understand, it's it's stronger now. So uh, let me understand you, right? So from your perspective, the um, situation for women in the workplace in 2021 is in many ways even worse than it was in 2015? Well, I think that um, it hasn't improved. Wow. The progress has been really slow. And if you look at the trajectory of a woman's career, um, she's at a disadvantage from the get-go. She's, re, she's hired, right, in the beginning out of school, and she faces gendered bias because she's considered too young to have opinions, to be invited to key meetings. So many of the same ways older women face ageism, younger women face ageism, and they're not paid equally to their male counterparts. So we're, we enter the workplace at a disadvantage. Um, if we choose to become a parent, we face the motherhood penalty, where if we opt out for a while, we try to get back in, our income suffers uh, dramatically, as we were just just talking about. So the best time for women in the workplace is around uh, 39 to 40, but that's when motherhood kicks in. And then, of course, 40, according to AARP, 40 is when women start to experience uh, the double whammy of both gender bias and ageism. So the entire course of our career is affected by gendered ageism. And um, I don't think that that has improved significantly. So... With the work you've done, you're really your life's work. Um, what what dreams have you not yet realized? You've done so much. Wow. Well, you know, I'm at the point of my life, Sarah, where I'm saying, and I'm asking myself that that same question you just asked me. What um, outlets are there 
for new creativity, for things that I haven't done before. And there are a couple of things that pop up. Um, the first is I'm considering, uh, seriously, considering doing a documentary. Now, I'm not a filmmaker, you know, but I'm passionate about the issue of gendered ageism for women in, in the workplace. Um, and I would like to take uh, that issue, you know, just bring more attention to it. So right now I'm exploring that possibility and um, <laughs> getting do it, a lot do it, do it. I love it. I love it. Do it. The other thing that I'm exploring is doing a series of children's books. Um, so ageism starts by the time a child is four, believe it or not, they've already internalized uh, the bias about older, older women. So I was thinking of starting off with a children's book about um, now my grandkids call me Mima. You know, my Mima is a CEO. And just talking about how a grandmother can be this loving, fun uh, grandmother and also run a company from the child's perspective, what that's like. And so maybe doing a series of those as well. Yes, so, do, that, do that, do that, do that, do those two. I love both of them. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> oh, those are, that's real. So those would be, um, I'm sure you would also keep doing what, some of what you're doing, but they would be pivots in what you have done. Have you had any other pivots, major pivots in your life? Oh, well, the first pivot was I started out as a kindergarten teacher. Oh, so you're perfect to write children's books. Yeah. And um, when I got a divorce and my kids were young, uh, that didn't pay the bills, number one. And um, I, I wanted just like a nine to five job. So that was a big pivot that started my business career. Um, so I really did start at an entry level. Um, <clears throat> and from there kind of work my way up as, as a single mom. Um, and then in 2006, uh, I decided to leave the corporate arena and go back and get certified as a coach. So I started my own business in 2007. And that was a leap. <laughs> that, was, that is a leap. Yeah. That's a very big leap. That's a very scary and rewarding leap. Yeah, I didn't even look at it as scary. I looked at it as a new outlet for creativity and Wonderful. fun. So what, what um, a major outlet for creativity and fun your two new dreams are. Um, that'd be very exciting. Yeah, and so I have to tell myself, that I'm not done yet, Sarah. You're not done yet, Bonnie. And as long as you can have those wonderful dreams, I mean, what a role model and for, for a lot of us, but also for your grandchildren, for all little girls. I mean, just to see, it, it's, it's a, a role model that at least I didn't grow up with. No, neither did I. And so it's a huge gift I think. In fact, I didn't grow up with a role model of a working mom. 
because my, my mom didn't work. Um, so I'm not sure where all the ambition, I'm not sure where all that came from, but. <laughs> but thank goodness it did. But here I am. <laughs> so finally, let me ask you, of, of all the things that you've done, what are the three things you're proudest of? Uh, my children, for sure. Um, I would say, uh, having made it to the C-suite was a, a, an accomplishment. Um, and my, just being able to recognize, um, different opportunities and not letting any negative stuff hold me back from, from kind of exploring different opportunities. Resilience, I guess. Resilience, right. Yeah. And we all certainly have needed that in the last year and a half or so, Tom. Definitely. And as you and I were talking before we started recording, it's just, it's, it's really changed our business. And we've had to, we've had to adapt rather quickly um, and not have a pity party about it. <laughs> right. I think that's been true for a lot of us. And I don't know this, but I suspect that we will not go back to the way things were, even when it's possible. I think these changes are here to stay. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. And we have to uh, make the best of it and find opportunities with those changes. Right. Yes. So if people would like to get in touch with you, Bonnie, how can they do that? Well, they can certainly do so through my website, BonnieMarcusLeadership.com. My email is Bonnie at BonnieMarcusLeadership.com. Um, you can find uh, information about my books there, about my podcast, um, and all actually all the articles and research that I've done all there. And just give us the name again of your podcast. Badass Women at Any Age. And is that available widely? Yes, it's available. Uh, Apple Music just picked it up, but it's available on um, Apple and, and Spotify and all, all outlets. Terrific. So that's our time today. Please join us again. You can find our Prom Spark web podcast on every popular outlet. Find out more about Prime Spark at primesparkwomen.com. Thank you so much to my guest, Bonnie Marcus. And don't forget, you can find her at Bonnie at bonniemarcusleadership.com. Thank you for being with us. Take care. Spread tolerance and love. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining us on Prime Spark. With each episode, Sarah Hart brings you conversations that inspire, celebrate, and empower women over 55. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes about remarkable, experienced women, go to EWNPodcastNetwork.com. 
This podcast is also available at Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. The second women's revolution is here, and we hope that you use the insights you've gained here to fuel the spark that will ignite your way forward, illuminate your path, and reflect your gifts in the world. Have you ever asked yourself this question, why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. eWomen Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help one million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.